0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. What St. Luke tells us today in the Gospel for the presentation of the Lord in the temple is a bit odd. He says that Mary and Joseph offered a pair of doves in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Yet the Old Testament directs a family to offer a lamb on the occasion of the birth of their first son. In the Old Testament law, the firstborn male of every animal was not to be fattened and eaten, nor set to pulling the plow, but was to be sacrificed to the Lord. Before taking care of their own needs, the Jewish people were instructed to look towards the Lord and make an offering of thanksgiving. The same system held in principle for the first male child born of a woman. He was to be dedicated to the Lord. And since God doesn't command the sacrifice of human children, the boy was to be redeemed by the sacrifice of an animal. In principle, this animal was to be the lamb, a pure and unblemished animal in memory of the Paschal lamb that the Israelites ate before the flight out of Egypt, a seminal moment in their self-understanding as a people, even thousands of years later. So why did Mary and Joseph not offer a lamb? If a family was not able to afford a lamb, which were rather expensive, they could offer two turtle doves instead. Mary and Joseph then make the offering of the poor, showing their own humble state in life. Nevertheless, despite their poverty, they are determined to fulfill the prescriptions of the law. They undertake a costly, lengthy, and even dangerous journey to Jerusalem with a 40-day-old baby in order to present him in the temple." And that could seem extraordinary, but really it's not that special on its own. Countless other people would have been doing the exact same thing on the exact same day. But yet when we see the full picture of what is going on, this is no ordinary presentation of a, 40-year-old, a 40-day-old baby boy. Together with Simeon and Anna and all the people present in the temple, The priests who make the sacrifice, the money changers who help them to purchase the turtle doves, the people conducting the ritual washings and off purifications, the simple offering of a poor couple becomes a critical event in the history of salvation, the Lord coming for the first time into his temple. There's an important lesson here for all of us, too. We too are called to participate in this history of salvation. The early events of Christ's life that we've been celebrating for the past 40 days of this extended Christmas season that ends today with the presentation of the Lord are meant not merely to be remembered, but to be made present here and now. We're meant to make of ourselves an offering to the Lord. This seems a daunting task, making Christ's life present here and now in Goshen, Indiana. And just like Mary and Joseph, none of us can bring Christ to the temple on our own. God has called us together as a church, as a parish, to accomplish this mission as he has entrusted it. So how has St. John the Evangelist Parish fulfilled and even grown the mission entrusted to us this past year? Let me give you just a few examples. Last summer, we took a group of parish employees and volunteers through an extensive training program on evangelization and discipleship. We learned how to witness to Jesus in an effective way for our modern culture from people who have experienced successfully bringing Christ to the secular world. The the people who completed that training are now practicing their skills by mentoring fellow parishioners and helping them to become evangelizers too. We'll continue growing this group into a one-on-one faith mentoring team that can help evangelize in the world and foster disciples within our parish. We've been doing a lot of work too to prepare for our next generation parish initiative. Having gathered data and lots of input, our envisioning team will begin work this Saturday on our vision plan that will guide us for the next few years of our parish's life. We're so excited to explore the opportunities that this process will present. This year has also seen further growth in our catechesis program. We're doing more than ever to equip our parents to fulfill their mission from the Lord to be the first educators of their children in the faith. Greater accountability has led to higher mass attendance on the part of many religious education families that we hope will help them to establish a pattern of discipleship for their children. These are not just programs that we're putting on, though. We're really talking about lives being transformed. There are so many ways that lives are being transformed by the work that we're presenting before the Lord here in our parish. A few months ago, members of the Goshen Coalition for the Homeless approached me about starting a partnership with our parish. Goshen, they explained, had nowhere for people in need to get a hot meal in the evening. The window, of course, uh, has hot meals during the day for lunch. There were no evening meal opportunities. Something different uh, It said that we were one of the only communities in the area that had that problem. They had all the resources necessary to make the meals happen, except the place to do it. I brought our parish staff together to talk about whether we could make this happen here at St. John's. We knew that it would not be easy to schedule a nightly event around all the other activities in our busy facilities, but we also knew that leaving people without a meal on a cold winter's night was not an option when all we had to do was open the doors. Now five nights a week we're proud to be the host site for meals for those in need. One day I stopped to talk to one of the men who was waiting outside the door to get in. It was 30 degrees and he was wearing jeans and a t-shirt shaking and rubbing his arms. He had a request for me. It wasn't, I was surprised, for a coat. It was for a rosary. Hungry and cold, he was even more concerned about renewing a connection with God and with the Blessed Mother. I brought him, of course, a rosary. I also brought him a sweatshirt. The sweatshirt had a pro-life slogan, so he's doing a little evangelization on his own now, even if he doesn't know it. <laughs> this won't be our only community partnership, though. Last year, I announced that we'd be dedicating a portion of our parish budget to tithing back to our community, We now have applications available for you to nominate organizations in our community who help the poor, marginalized, and vulnerable to be St. John's community partners. You can find the applications on our parish website under the Get Involved section. One of my favorite apostolates to participate in is the Right for Christian Initiation of Adults, where people come to explore the Catholic faith. Our class for RCIA this year is strikingly young, having several young adults, which is great. One member was introduced to me a year ago by a friend of his from high school who's Catholic who was back visiting for Christmas and brought his friend uh, to Christmas Midnight Mass. We started meeting for coffee and exploring the Catholic faith together. When he came for Sunday Mass at St. John's for the first time, he realized that there were two other members of his high school class who are also parishioners here and who are also converts. Just two weeks ago, a young woman approached me about learning more about the Catholic faith. She came to RCIA on Thursday night and was surprised to see a member of her high school class. The same high school class, which makes four. I think we all know that something like that is not a coincidence. So often, we lament the influence of our secular culture. We lament being being in a part of the country without many other Catholics. Well, let's do something about it evangelizing the community around us is really possible. Igniting the fire of Christ's love in the hearts of the lukewarm is possible. We're starting to see how to make that happen. Mary and Joseph, while presenting Jesus in the temple, made an offering in accord with their position in the world. You won't be surprised to hear me ask you to do the same. Some people might say, we can't do all these great things without your help, but I don't like putting it that way. There's no we who do the work of the church and you who support it. This isn't your typical nonprofit organization. We're talking about a task given by God to all of us. All of us have that responsibility and opportunity to make St. John's a living sacrifice before the Lord that is transforming us and the people around us. What if we could do even more? What if we could provide more formation to parents to make missionary disciples of their children and protect them from the dangerous influences of the world around them? What if we could do even more for our community? What if we could better reach the many teenagers in our parish? What if we could train more people to be faith mentors and evangelizers, making Catholic disciples in the midst of a rapidly secularizing world? This week you'll be receiving a special brochure in the mail along with a commitment card to renew your financial commitment to support our important work at St. John's. Next week will be our Commitment Sunday when you'll hear from fellow parishioners about how we as a parish are presenting ourselves before the Lord. This week when you receive that commitment card, I wanna ask you to take the time to talk with your family about your sacrificial support of our parish. Each of us should be in the habit of reevaluating our situation and recommitting ourselves. So that our giving is not just a matter of habit or a scattered approach, but an intentional act of love for God by sacrificing for the good of His church, for the work of the gospel, like Mary and Joseph walking all the way to Jerusalem with that little 40-day-old baby to present him to God. This uh, ongoing discernment of your own uh, financial generosity could mean, you know, reevaluating what you maybe you already are—you know, a, a really intentional giver who gives week in and week out. Maybe this is the opportunity to look at what you've been giving over the last year and see if that still corresponds to the financial situation you're in. Maybe you've been making the offering of turtle doves but could be making the offering of a lamb. Or maybe it's the opportunity for you to begin this process of intentional sacrificial giving to support the work of the gospel here in our parish. This is the perfect opportunity to evaluate your own financial position and begin that process of intentional sacrificial giving to support the work of the gospel here. Thank you so much for all the ways that you've been, you've been generously supported our parish in the past, and thank you for considering how you'll be able to support St. John's in the year to come as you look over and pray over that commitment card and bring it back next Sunday. Each of us works together in a committed, if each of us works together in a committed way, if each of us makes the sacrifice appropriate to our own situation in life, we can make even more incredible things happen to build up God's kingdom, to make disciples here in our community.